On Friday, August 10th, Shanann Watts left her home in Frederick, Colorado to travel to Arizona for a convention with friend and coworker Nicole Atkinson. After a successful weekend, it was nearly two in the morning when Nicole brought Shanann back home thanks to a delayed flight. The women said their goodbyes, knowing they'd talk again in the morning, as they always did. But Nicole didn't hear from her the next morning, and after alerting Shanann's husband, they began a desperate search for Shanann and the couple's two young children. Stay tuned to hear what unfolded. I'm Laura. I'm here with my two best friends, Colby and Marina, and this is Grim. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. I'm excited. So do you, do you guys know this case? Have you heard anything about it? I don't. We talked about it briefly and you guys were mm-hmm. talking about a Netflix documentary yeah. and I was so tempted <laughs> to watch it. But then I was like, no, I want to hear. Yes. I want to hear the grave retelling from Laura. Yes. it. I think that I will provide you with more information than the Netflix documentary. Did. Okay. Well, so. I will. I will um, watch it after the fact and, and, <laughs> and judge accordingly. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. Yep. I am familiar with the case. Okay. I've seen the documentary and I've definitely listened to a few other podcasts mm-hmm. on it, but it's probably been a couple of years yeah. since I've listened to anything on it. So um, I'm curious to see like what I remember yeah. and then if I learn anything new and I'm definitely going to rewatch the documentary yeah. with all of the fresh information in mind. Yep. And I'll mention uh, the name of it in just a second. But before we jump into this particular case, we actually have an update on a case we did. Do we know what episode? Um, it was episode five. It was the murder of Connie Debate, aka the Fitbit murder. Uh, Mr. Richard Debate, who is 46 years old right now, um, was sentenced on Thursday, August 18th, 2022, to 65 years in prison. So he will right. uh, pretty much be serving out the rest of his natural life in prison. He is at uh, McDougal Walker Correctional in Connecticut. Um, So the judge sentenced him to 60 years for his wife's murder, five years for tampering with evidence, and one year for giving a false statement to the police for a total of 65 years to be served in prison. Excellent. Is he eligible? Can he go on parole or appeal or all those things that you do to try to get out of prison? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that his lawyers are appealing, um, but he'll be serving time while the appeal is pending. Good. And he did serve. uh, He was out in the community for about, I think, six years after he was arrested and before his trial, uh, which was delayed because of COVID. And if you guys want more information, um, just listen to episode five because it was a doozy. Yeah. Very good. And uh, I, I heard the jury uh, came back pretty quickly with the verdict because <laughs> there wasn't that much to debate. Ah! <laughs> oh, wait. 
Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's good. It's that a good was one. Good. I liked it right out of the gates. I love Coming it. Coming in hot. Yep. Got the dad jokes on all cylinders today. <laughs> you know, why don't you hold on to that positive energy? Okay. 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 I'm going to need it. Um, Laura's I- about to make it grim. <laughs> I am. And I believe I said this at the beginning of my last case. This is a tough case. Not at all in the same way as Toy Box Killer. Let me just say that off the bat. But it is a tough case. It does involve two young children, not of a sexual nature. So nothing of that sort. However, it is involving two young children. So just, I guess, a, a trigger warning. Just to, you know, and Marina, you have to stay. I'm sorry. But you may cry. It, it's, it's rough. Colby, do you have tissues? I do. I'm standby. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of making light of it. But I will say, <laughs> I will say I'm pretty callous to cases. I mean, I did Toy Box Killer without really blinking and this is the first one that doing my research and listening to the details i was i actually cried at this one it it oh, is no. heartbreaking kids are tough um, yeah so that's my warning for the case um i will not be offended if uh if folks want to skip this one Bye. i understand yeah again no, marina, no, you, have marina. To say. <laughs> you are mandatory Given how recently this occurred, which was in 2018, there are a ton of documentaries about it. So Colby mentioned there is a Netflix documentary. The name of that is American Murder, The Family Next Door. I didn't see a date um, of when that's coming off of Netflix, but who knows? Um, how have I not seen this is my question. I don't, I don't know, because when I was looking for the date when it would come off just to warn people, it actually is the top watched documentary on netflix so get with the times that's interesting yeah Yeah. is it interesting (laughs) it's interesting it's definitely shown up in like some of the top categories like top 10 or top 10 in tv shows today it's been a while but i think that's why i saw it netflix promoting their shit yep and i must not have even scrolled over it because netflix when you're just browsing they're like oh you want to watch this it's playing it's playing (laughs) right now and i'm like no i'm just trying to look and they're like it's playing i believe you can turn that off can you however when i looked that up i think it turns off the autoplay on episode to episode oh that would, ru- that no, would no. ruin my life exactly I, i'd rather it mm-hmm. aggressively try to show yeah. me the things that i'm yeah. browsing through yep. than you know have it judge me yep. and make me click every time a new episode comes up <laughs> and here we are assessing user experience is just like it's our job <laughs> oh wait <laughs> perfect and you know what netflix I'm always still watching. <laughs> Most yeah, after, definitely. after three? Who gives up? That's for quitters. Who quits after three episodes? Is it three? I feel like it's like an hour and a half or like three hours. Oh, is it time-based? I think so. Oh. Because All I, the same. For quitters. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I got through like two and a half hours of Shit's Creek before it asked me if I was still watching. That is something you can binge. Just episode to oh, episode. Just, so good. So good. Ew. Laura. <laughs> well, I don't know how we didn't say ew, David, way more in the Toy Box I killer, think I did actually. it once or you twice. <gasps> and it wasn't until... no Same. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, wow. I was very disturbed by David. Yeah. Ew, David. Ew, David. I'm a little bit Alexis. <laughs> I just I need an Alexis in a case here. Yeah. All right. Well, not this one. Okay. All right. And we're off. And we're off. You ready Let's to go. get into it? Okay. I'm ready. So, as I said in the intro, Shanann Watts had been away in Arizona on a business trip with her coworker and friend, Nicole Atkinson. They had carpooled, as you do, uh, to and from the airport. Nicole dropped Shanann off at about 1.45 a.m. Now, the Watts house had a ring camera. Actually, I think it wasn't ring brand. I think I say that a bunch of times in here, but it was a different brand. Uh, they ha- So they had that at the front door, and the footage shows that Shanann did safely make it into the house through the front door. But as I said in the intro, the next morning, Shanann was not responding to any of Nicole's texts. 
becoming worried. Nicole called several times, still no answer. And this was super unlike Shanann. She was always answering her phone. And uh, Nicole knows she has two young kids. So Shanann's kids are three and four. And her husband leaves early for work. And uh, Nicole also knew that Shanann had a doctor's appointment that morning. So even though she got in late, she had to get up early and absolutely should have been answering her phone. It was also supposed to be the girl's first day in their new school. So Nicole was so worried at this point that she decides to drive over to the house and just see what's going on. She arrives around noon. When she gets there, she sees that Shanann's car is in the garage and she can hear the dog barking. They have a little, like, I think wiener dog named Dieter, which I thought was cute. Um, And he's fine just barking, but no other signs of movement in the house. And Mm. she kind of peeks through, you know, the entry and sees, again, this is one of her closest friends. She sees, um, you know, Shanann's shoes there that just those are the shoes she would have worn. It was just, she's kind of, you know, her spidey senses tingling. Um, the doors are locked, so she can't get in, and there's no sign of forced entry, so no broken windows, nothing like that. So Nicole is thinking, Jesus, is she having like a medical emergency? Yeah. Is something going on? Maybe she had an accident. So she calls Shanann's husband, Chris, and then she also calls the police because Chris is about an hour away, and she's also just kind of worried, like, what if it is a, a medical emergency? That yeah, sort what of thing. If, what if she fell down the stairs or something? Exactly. Yep exactly this um, is this is so relatable and i'm just picturing yeah. you and i like peeking in the two windows yes. behind us like trying to figure out like where yeah. colby and mike are and you panic because you're yeah. like all right so i could wait for the husband to get home if he's an hour away but what if there's something going on she again she has two young girls like yeah you don't know wavering between not wanting to do nothing and trying not to like overreact exactly. and look crazy exactly um so because chris was so far away the police arrived first but they couldn't, they would not go in without permission from Chris. Um, and then on top of that, their garage door keypad thing isn't working. So they couldn't have gotten in that way. And the front door has like a lock, a, a deadbolt at the top that they couldn't get from the outside. So there's no way to get in. And while they're waiting, Nicole tells the police that Shanann had been kind of upset all weekend. She had a bit of a rough week- weekend while they were away and that she and Chris had been arguing. So Chris finally arrives and lets everyone in the house, police included, and says that they can search, you know, signs, papers, says they can search wherever, doesn't care. And in the house, they find the dog. Dog is completely fine, just probably wondering what's going on. And no sign of Shanann and the girls. Hmm. There's no indication that someone has broken in. So again, nothing from the outside. Um, No signs of struggle inside. And no valuables are missing. What is Chris thinking right now? Like, is he concerned at yes. this point in time? Okay. Yep, because he's like, you know, I thought maybe she went to a friend's house or something, yep. but her car is here, all her stuff's here, and her purse is actually, um, which has her wallet, credit cards, car keys, everything is on the counter in the kitchen. So even if someone had picked her up, she wouldn't have left without that. So I know nothing about this case, yeah. but I'm immediately suspicious of the husband. Of and you think like, oh, he signs and lets them into the house. So like he didn't do it. But like yeah. the guiltiest people do that. Like the people that let their ser- let them ser- let. Wow. The people that let cops search their car mm-hmm. and it's just like filled with like illegal <laughs> drugs. Yep. And they're yep. like, oh, that's not mine. Someone just borrowed my car five minutes ago and left it in there. Yep. Yep. So I'm immediately suspicious of him. But I know nothing about this that's case. Fair. So, um, yeah, that's where that's I fair. That's where I am. Well, there is a suitcase at the bottom of the stairs. Hmm. So there's kind of wondering what's going Hmm. on there. It's, I am not clear. I couldn't find anything if it was the suitcase she had when she got home the night before. I don't know if it's empty, if there's something in it. So that's what I was wondering. Maybe no time to unpack when she got in. Mm -hmm. Her cell phone is upstairs and off. Uh. Um, The couple's bed is stripped. 
and Shanann's wedding ring is on the nightstand. Mm. And as so this is all I'm telling you this quickly, but obviously this is they're walking around, taking their time, talking who where might she be? Let's call people during all this. And I'll mention you should watch the documentary because there is body cam footage from the police. So you can Mm -hmm. watch all of this yourself. Um, So they're having these conversations and then. Chris goes into the uh, family, the couple's bedroom and comes out with Shanann's wedding ring and says it was on the nightstand. So he's the one that presented that to the police. Oh, that's how he found it, because he just mm-hmm. got home, so he hadn't even been back in the bedroom he, without them. Exactly. Ugh. He also notes that the only things like actually missing are the girls' blankies, which if you have kids, you know oh. that those don't go anywhere. It's Yep. And the fitted sheet from the couple's bed is missing. So they, of course, turn the phone on. Chris can't unlock it because it's now got a six-digit code that he doesn't know. Nicole knows it. Classic (laughs) friends. Um, So she unlocks it. And, of course, there's a billion texts and missed calls from Nicole and actually other friends because I'm sure Nicole called other people. A text from Chris at 740 that morning saying, if you take the kids somewhere, please let me know where they're at. Um, And then nothing else of interest. It's really weird. The husband doesn't yeah. know the passcode. It sounds like that. I think either Nicole or Chris said that she had Shanann had just changed it the weekend before, and Chris didn't know it. Oh, and they had been fighting, so maybe mm-hmm. she maybe she wanted some privacy, yep. talking with her friend about stuff that's going on, which she definitely okay. did. She was mm-hmm. very, very, very active on her phone, both on and we'll get into it in a bit, but on Facebook and other um, um, social media like that as well as texting her friends. So she was, con- which is another reason why it was very strange she wasn't responding. Also, the phone was not dead. It was turned off. So, Which, who does that? Yeah, never. Literally no, no one. one. <laughs> Literally yep. no one. So they don't, other than collecting this and kind of trying to piece things together, they don't know what's going on. So the police are going around the neighborhood to see if anyone's seen anything or heard anything. This is a really densely populated neighborhood with beautiful new construction houses. So this was 2018. Most of the houses, I think, were built in like 2013. They're all, you know, 4,000 square foot houses on postage stamps. So most of the houses are like a tenth of an acre, which is like the size of a 4,000 square foot house. So super close together. So you just hand your neighbor a cup of sugar out the window? I mean, it's extremely close. Yeah. (laughs) And... So they say, you know, this is 2018. So they say, does anyone have any recording? Does anyone, yeah. you know, ring cameras? Oh, yeah. Now, directly across the street from the house is an intersection of another road. So there's no house right there. But the neighbor, um, if you're looking at the house to the left of the Watts house, ha- says, I've got a ring. It records automatically anytime there's movement. But you said they had a camera, too, a ring they camera. They did. And I... It's funny you mentioned that because as I was rereading my notes and getting ready for today, I said exactly that. I was like, wait, what about theirs? Yeah. So I did some research on that. And apparently they can you can set the range of motion for or the distance for when it's recording. So for my ring, for example, we get everything in the cul-de-sac. You yep. can see you know, anytime a car comes down, it records, which is how this neighbor was. But at the house, it only records in their like 10 foot front door. So in the recording, um, when Shadan comes home the night before, you don't actually see the car pull in. You just start, it starts recording when she's walking up. Mm. So there was nothing of note there because their entry and exit is through the garage. Okay. So she definitely didn't leave out the front door. Correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, But uh, great question because I had the same one. Yep. Mm. Okay. Yep. So the next door neighbor says, I 
I'm happy. Come on over. Like, I'll show you. I'll, we'll just pull up all the recordings right now. So the police and Chris go over to the neighbors and go in and they pull up the recording. So what they see is um, at 517 that morning, Chris pulls, uh, They I think they see him go out, but he backs his truck up into um, their driveway, brings some things out and then leaves. And of course, police are like, WTF, what did you bring out? And he's like, I tools. I bring, I keep my tools because I can't leave them in my truck. Gets and it's just a waste of my energy to walk right. down the driveway and down the street. And I load them in my truck. What does he do for work? I just know he was an hour away. He is an operator in an oil and gas company. Okay, so somebody that would actually need yes. tools. He's not he like does. an accountant who's no. like, well, I needed that abacus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. Okay. He definitely has tools. Yep. Um, and you can't, you can see, but there are like little trees in between the two mm-hmm. houses. Um, so you can kind of, you know, you can see, but it's a little blocked. And because it's to the left and the, he backed up the driver's side is on the other side. So you can see, but you know, not in great detail. Um, the recording does not show any other movement at the Watts house until Nicole shows up. Um, so with this lead hitting a dead end, Nicole and Chris, you know, keep trying to call as many friends as they can and brainstorming and just doing whatever they can think of. But Shanann and the girls are missing. And they search the whole house, right? Oh, yeah. They search the basement, yep. closets, everything. Everywhere. Okay. Yep. Yep. No sign. Okay. So let me tell you a bit about the Watts family before yes, we go please. further. And I will start with Shanann. So the first thing I'll say is I am pronouncing her name correctly. Um, if you see it in writing, you might glance quick and think it is Shannon, but it is Shanann. And I, I tried to do like some nice little research about what it means and all that. And I couldn't really find it other than, as you might expect, it's of Irish. Descent. Yeah, I was going to yeah, ask. That's all I got. Mm. Um, so Shanann was born on January 10th, 1984 to Frank and Sandy Rusick in Passaic, New Jersey, although she lived most of her childhood in North Carolina. Her little brother, Frankie, was born a year later, and the siblings were super close. He looked up to her, and she even took him to her senior prom, which I thought was sweet. Aww. Um, Frankie describes her, as others also knew her, extremely determined. He says, quote, she had success in her eyes, and nothing was going to stand in her way of following her dreams. She is the hardest working person I've ever known, which is a nice quote. Mm-hmm. The Rusics were a tight-knit, happy family, but didn't come from tremendous means. Shanann set out to create her own success, and she was able to pay for her own house to be built by the time she was 25, which wow. is damn, Shanann, you go, girl. Exactly. Wow. Unfortunately, this independence might have been one of the factors. This is also my opinion. This is not official, but might have been one of the factors that caused her and her first husband, Leonard King, to divorce. This was news that I did not know. I did not realize she was previously married. It's not really of significance, but I just like to understand people. Yep. Um, She met Leonard when she was in high school and he was in law school and they married once she graduated when she was 18. And I read a police interview with Leonard because, of course, they contacted literally everybody uh, when Shanann went missing. And it sounded like when they had trouble, Shanann poured herself into work and essentially shut him out. They even tried couples therapy, but that didn't pan out. It was really difficult to get her to engage, and they eventually divorced in 2009. Presumably to help her move on, one of Shanann's friends suggested a friend on Facebook, remember, doing that. Mm -hmm. And this was the friend's cousin, someone named Chris Watts. 
since it was relatively soon after her divorce, she felt it wasn't time yet and deleted the suggestion. Did she poke him? I was just going <laughs> to ask that. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, my God. How yeah. creepy. Yes. Oh, they probably did. Yeah. 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 Oh, so for, for anybody who's not as old as us, this was like a legitimate thing that you like could do on poke, Facebook yeah, back in the day. You'd friend. like poke them. Yes. Like a little. I don't, <laughs> don't know it why. It was literally just a button. Yeah. Just and then light on the other side, it would just say poke so-and-so back. poked you yeah, yeah. Poke, poke, poke back, back. <laughs> yeah poke back oh facebook okay. so there is maybe some poking going on but Pro- we don't know oh, i think you think so poking. yeah what a grim throwback yep <laughs> yep oh that's another thing we should grim facts grim throwbacks mm-hmm. i like it it rhymes all right so he ended up friend requesting her again maybe poking her <laughs> and this time she accepted it and I do imagine this was with some reluctance because right before that, she was diagnosed with lupus. Oh, no. Lupus, for those who aren't familiar, is an autoimmune disease that can cause inflammation and pain in any part of your body. It's an extremely difficult disease to live with. And this was a very difficult time for Shanam. Everything My, everything hurts. Right. Literally. My queen, Selena Gomez, suffers from this. And she is a huge, huge advocate for the, the yeah. disease and research. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Grim fact. So Shanann uh, loved Chris more for staying with her through her worst because that was for her her worst time and he still loved her. Oh wait, that's what um, Kathy Kathy Wan had as well. Oh, she really? had lupus. Yeah, oh, I remember she didn't want to tell him right. because I, I think it's actually kind of dangerous for people who have lupus to get pregnant. It is. Yeah. Yes, we'll talk about that okay. in a minute too. Yep. Um, but this kind of unconditional love seemed to be right in line with Chris's character. So Chris was born on May 16th, 1985 in Fayetteville, North Carolina to Ronnie and Cindy Watts. Chris was a good kid, maybe because his older sister, Jamie, seven years his senior, kept him in line. Also, just me saying that, but I just imagine an older sister probably keeping her brother in line. He was good in school, but shy, introverted, and really passive, leading him to just not date in high school. After graduating, he attended a technical school with the intention to work on NASCAR, and he actually got a scholarship to work on NASCAR, but he didn't uh, in school, but then didn't um, didn't end up going to NASCAR. But he did well for himself. He moved out, saved money, just super responsible, kind of going through life as uh, as he should. Did he want to be like on the pit crew? I think so. A okay. mechanic or, or some kind of some kind of cool. technical thing. Yeah. Okay. So I think he got the scholarship to go to school and then um, for this type of thing. But then I don't think everyone can go. Okay. I imagine they have a limit. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I said, overall, he was very responsible. He didn't date then either. Really, the first person he met and dated was Shanann. He proposed about a year after they met. He had both families brought together on the beach and proposed. And then they were married on November 3rd, 2012. Chris and Shanann moved to Frederick, Colorado the next year. They had some friends out there. It's beautiful out there. Um, Just kind of wanted not a fresh start, but just a new adventure. And I don't know who wouldn't love Frederick. If you look it up, it's a beautiful small town. It's north of Denver and east of Boulder. So it has views of the Rockies. It's just a beautiful area. I think we've discussed that I would like to be and live yes. in Colorado. Yes. So I will just express my desires. <laughs> Again, put them out into the universe. Never going to happen. That, yeah. <laughs> yep. So the Watts set out to build the life they wanted, beginning by building a sprawling, gorgeous house in that neighborhood we talked about that had a view of the Rockies. And uh, Chris had his job as an operator, as I mentioned, at the oil and gas company Anadarko. And Shanann worked from home for a children's hospital call center. Hmm. 
Chris and Shanann wanted to fill some of the five bedrooms in this house, but they weren't sure if Shanann was going to be able to have children because, as you said, Colby, it is dangerous for women yeah. with lupus. They have an increased risk of miscarriage and other complications during pregnancy. So they just weren't sure if she was ever going to be able to have children. Like pregnancy isn't stressful enough. Right, exactly. But on December 17th, 2013, they were blessed with their first miracle, Bella Watts. She was followed by her younger sister, Celeste Watts, Cece for short, born uh-huh. on July 17th, 2015. Okay. I just realized they're both the 17th. I love those names, Bella and Cece. So cute. Mm-hmm. Very pretty. Yep. And the kids um, will post pictures, of course, but Bella is a spitting image of Chris Watts. It, I mean, it's like crazy. And then if you look at when Shanann was a child... I'll have to see if I can refine those pictures. I was deep in a rabbit hole at this point. But the the kids look just like her, too. So really sweet. They live happily ever after, right? Yep, that's it. So if you're enjoying listening. We, oh. <laughs> oh. My dog just yipped in the background. Oh. She was very excited about the possibility of happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> she also thought we were done. We, we are not, to be clear. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's okay. Go ahead. But we're not there yet. Okay. (laughs) The Watts household was soon very busy. Shortly after Cece was born, Shanann began working for Lavelle, a multi-level marketing company. I thought I remembered she worked for an MLM. Yeah. uh, So that company sells health supplements and weight loss patches under the brand name Thrive. Hmm. Do you know I, it? I have heard of them. Yes, those patches. Yeah, exactly. I did not fall prey to their <laughs> marketing schemes, but yeah. I may have fallen prey to a few others. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she, as I mentioned, Shanann was really active on Facebook and really good at connecting with people and, and that sort of thing. And most of her posts were about her increasing success in this new job. In fact, she documented just about every aspect of her life on Facebook. She had videos of the kids. She had videos related to Thrive. um, And she even used Chris as an example. So he used the Thrive patches. um, And he actually lost a whole bunch of weight. uh, That's not fair to say. He wasn't very overweight. But he lost a lot of weight and got in really good shape between the time they got married and um, when we're talking about in 2018. He's like, all I did was use this patch and uh, do a calorie deficit and work out 70 minutes a day. And that's all I did. And I'm male. Yes. 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 Oh, and I actually, all he did was cut regular soda and like shredded 70 pounds. (laughs) And like thought about exercising. Walking. Oh, men. So she was, to her credit, Shanann was super successful at this. She rose quickly, uh, both to financial success and then also um, she got sent on trips and all these sorts of things to conventions. So that's where she was the weekend I told you about in the beginning of this. So that's what she was doing in in, um, Arizona. So back to the events of August 2018. Shanann and the girls, as I said, were officially considered missing. This is a small town, so word spread quickly. And in no time, reporters were flocking. Chris actually gave an interview pleading for the girls' return, uh, like in front of his house. The police were also doing everything they could. They put up flyers, talked to more neighbors, and they even set up in the street to kind of stop cars and ask people if they'd seen anything. So they were really going above and beyond. Remind me what town we're in? Frederick, Colorado. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. As you'd expect, they also brought Chris in for some questioning. Because again, always ask about the husband. The husband did it. Now, Gremlins, what, what do we say when you are brought in for questioning, regardless of your guilt or not? You Um, shut up. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you shut the fuck up and you lawyer up. Mm -hmm. Chris did neither of those things. Mm -hmm. Chris. Mm -hmm. There's your trouble. Mm -hmm. There's your trouble. There's your trouble. You keep. Anyways. What's that? 
Uh, it's a country song. Oh, that's why I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good old country song right there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So y'all listen now. that's all i got so he tells them that he originally thought as i mentioned earlier that shanann had gone to a friend's to blow off some steam or something but with all the police activity he thought she would have come home and would have seen all this and he says if someone took her that it had to be someone who knew her because there was nothing disturbed or broken which is a fair statement Mm -hmm. he then recounts the events of the previous day saying he felt Shanann get into bed uh, when she got home, but he was already asleep because he gets up at around four in the morning for work. So then the next morning he got up, got ready for work, and then got back in bed to have a conversation with Shanann about their marriage. Oh, that's a good time to do it. I thought so too, especially, you know, four in the morning or, you know, 4.15 would be reasonable enough, but especially after about two mm-hmm. hours of sleep, but really less than that if you think she got home at that time. So great great time i'm stuck on the fact that she was gone for what the weekend Mm -hmm. and he felt her get back into bed and Mm -hmm. didn't like roll over and be like hi i missed you welcome back how was your flight how was your trip like regardless of what time that was i would 100 percent say that to my husband yep nope not what happened here okay he did it now (laughs) prior to going to arizona for work shanann and the girls had been in north carolina visiting family for six weeks so they might have already kind of had their i've returned i'm happy you're here kind of thing she was only gone for a couple nights but because of his work chris could only join them for the last week he says during the time apart he kind of realized that's what he needed when he saw her he just when he went to north carolina and he saw her there he just felt that he didn't have that spark anymore and he oh, needed ooh. to tell her this face to pa- face to face apparently at five in the morning uh, yeah <laughs> so the police ask if he'll take a polygraph um once again gremlins what what might we say to that no thank you no chris 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 uh, chris agrees and comes in the next day recounts the same story with the same information and results are inconclusive <laughs> no he fails oh um he fails so miserably <laughs> that uh, i i'll have to look up the quote later which won't help because i won't be able to put that in here it's really funny the the polygraph giver administer administer it just called him right out on it he was like she was like yeah you you failed this bad um <laughs> i think it's a polygrapher oh really okay maybe or i just made that up who knows well we'll never know google it all right so in between chris's questioning sessions the police take a trip out to the oil field field that chris had been working at just to cover all their bases it is you know a barren flat field it's just kind of in the middle of nowhere it's an oil field i don't really know what those look like but it's got (laughs) loose dry dirt just outside of the main work site they spot the white fitted sheet Oh, no. And discover Shanann Watts' body buried in a shallow grave. Armed with this information, they try to get Chris to talk. So he's failed the polygraph. They know this information already. They try to call him out on this. And he finally, you know, is just denying, denying, denying. And he finally just says, can I talk to my dad? He just flew in from North Carolina. He's been here for like five hours. And this is as out of the blue as it sounds to you right now. They're like in the middle of questioning. He's like, can I just talk to my dad? But is, he an, is he an attorney? No, it's just his dad. He's like, Papa, I murdered my wife and I need some help. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Thank you. Because <laughs> I don't think I was on the right key. <laughs> but, By the way, I have trained my child. When, oh. we, when we say Mama, she says, ooh. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. That's great. That's amazing. Um, Sorry. So, so the police are like, you know what? That's fine. 
he can come in here. It's all recorded, but he can come in here. You Why don't you have a nice conversation with your father? So they allow Chris and his father to talk in the interview room. Obviously, they're watching and listening this whole time. <laughs> During a painful and emotional conversation, Chris admits to his father that Shanann smothered the kids and he and Chris killed her in a fit of rage. And that's it. Case solved. What? No, of course not. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. So. Okay, wait. If he did it, though, I'm sorry. Fuck him. I cannot stand did we already have another case or am I just thinking of one that I know about where they're like, oh, well, the the wife murdered the kids. So I killed her because I was so pissed. What case Our was that? Silk family? No, no, oh. it wasn't Silk. That's all I got. There's another case I'm thinking of where think that happened. It. And it it's so fucked up that mm-hmm. you would put it on the wife because they're not there to defend right. themselves. And yep. you're just trying to get out of it. And Makes me it, it enrages me. And in fact, the police even said that to Chris to make sure that's really what happened. They said, are you comfortable with like the public knowing that Shanann did this? And he said, yeah, that's what happened. I you know that they need to know. What a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Chris was not the only one who gave a statement to the police. Nikki Kessinger, a co-worker of Chris's at the oil and gas company, elected on her own to come down to talk to the police. Nikki explained that she and Chris had met at work in June. Remember, this is all happening in August. And that they had been in a relationship ever since. Dun dun. Yep. Now, Chris, of course, initially denies this and says, uh, then eventually admits and says, it just happened that's not what happens. <laughs> I think it was a couple of factors. He lost a bunch of weight. He was in shape. I'll say he was a good looking guy. I, I just, like, you know, I can see him like feeling all good about himself. And he had not had a lot of experience dating. And Nikki was very interested in him and pursued him, which I'm mm. guessing had not happened before. Yep, That's what I was thinking, because you had mentioned he was a little awkward in mm-hmm. high school. Shanann was his first girlfriend, so I bet he's never had any kind of attention like this before. Exactly. And he had said something about the spark was gone with him and Shanann, so it, he was probably thinking, like, well, I'm just a little bit early on starting this next relationship or something like that. Exactly. And, I mean, honestly, their relationship was able to blossom because Shanann left for North Carolina right after Chris and Nikki met, leaving Convenient. Chris to do what he wanted and he basically just acted like a single man and i'm sorry if you said this already but did shanann have the kids with her yes okay yep because they were going to visit because both her shanann's parents and chris's parents were in north carolina so they were able to see uh both grandparents do people understand that they can get divorced and don't need to murder their spouses you're gonna say this so many times in this case because it's extremely frustrating but this fit in, you know, you're, you kind of go to the thought of Nikki, but she had no idea. She He wasn't wearing a, Chris wasn't wearing a wedding ring. He told her that he was single. Well, I think he said separated and getting a divorce, but oh, she had no idea. She thought she thought he was fine. And he, the wife and kids, Shanann and the kids are in North Carolina. So he really could do whatever mm-hmm. he, he didn't have, you know, and he was not um, responding. Like he was not outreaching to Shanann, while she was in North Carolina, only occasionally getting back to her call. So he was definitely just like, snap, new life. Well, and his wife slash ex-wife, the way he's telling the story Mm -hmm. to Nikki, is nowhere to be found. The kids are nowhere around. So it sort of builds credibility to his story that they're separated and getting divorced soon. And she had only gone to the house a couple times. The first time she barely went in and just, you know, they were like picking something up on the way somewhere else. So she wasn't really looking around. 
The second time she came in, she actually came in, looked around and was kind of like, uh, this is not the house of people that are divorced or yeah. almost divorced. Like they clearly have a relationship and confronted Chris about it. They have a lengthy argument and ultimately who knows what he said. I'm sure he was sweet talking it. And um, she put some pressure on and they end up talking about their future. And he says, I'm, I'm going to leave Shanann. We can have kids together. I've always wanted a boy. I only have the two girls. And he says, I'm going to be the one to give you the first boy. So Blech. that's where they land. Gross. They have a ring camera. Mm-hmm. Does Shanann not have the app that that's tells an, her that uh, another question. woman is showing up to the house with her husband? The only thing I can think of is you can delete footage off of. And again, it was I forget the name of Verivent. Is that one? Oh, I have Verant or no. Vivent. Vivent is what I have for my security system. Yeah, they have cameras, too. Yeah. But you can like delete. Yes, um, you can. So I'm guessing he probably deleted recordings. Hmm. But I don't know. That's a good question. Or conveniently. Hmm. Sorry, Vivent calling you out. Your doorbell cam just stops working like right. mine does. So you don't know who oh, the intruder is. Too. <laughs> now, so I think in Chris's mind, it was true that he wanted to leave Shanann. And things at home with them were not quite as great as Shanann made it seem on Facebook. Because remember, she's playing the happy, successful family and, and all that. Shanann definitely wore the pants in the relationship. Again, Chris is very, very passive, and Shanann was very type A, so it kind of just fit in that way. She was also the primary breadwinner and controlled the finances, and that was a source of great stress for Chris because they were not in good financial standing. Chris had started the oil job in 2015, making about 60000 and Shanann's job at the call center paid about $18 an hour, though she could pick up extra shifts, bringing their combined income to just shy of 100000 But they spent like they were making double that. Was she making good money on the MLM? This was before the MLM. Oh, okay. Um, they had about $70,000 worth of debt in addition to their mortgage, which they paid 3000 a month for. Oh, damn. Wow. And they filed for bankruptcy in June of 2015. So again, all this, the events that I'm telling you about for this case are 2018. Right. Okay. And it was after this that she started at Thrive, the MLM. And that would not be enough. So she was making good money, but on July 12th, 2018, their HOA filed a civil suit against them for back dues, and they actually had a court date set to um, determine if they were going to be foreclosed on. Mm. This did not deter them from continuing to spend. They just enrolled the girls in that school I mentioned for $25,000 a year, Whoa. and Shanann drove a Lexus that had a $600 a month payment. Whew, that's a sham- champagne taste on a beer budget. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was not the only factor putting stress on the marriage, though. Shanann did not get along with her in-laws at all, ever, <laughs> at any point. So much so that they did not attend Shanann and Chris's wedding. Whoa. So what I read on why that happened, and these are all just accounts, so I, I'm sure there's more to these stories. Shanann had made the nail appointments you do before you're, you have a wedding, and Jamie, Chris's sister, couldn't go because of work. Shanann said she couldn't be in the wedding anymore. What? Uh, yep. And again, I am sure this is just the bare facts that I got. Um, I'm sure there's more to it. And then Chris's sister and parents were so offended they refused to go. I am not sure I blame them. That's right, a really right. aggressive move. Yep. It's hardcore bridezilla shit right there. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's so many nail salons. Or she could just put press on nails on. Like, yeah. why does she have to be there? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the trouble really started, I'm sure this was layering on, yeah. because it started long before that. When Chris and Shanann got engaged, Jamie had said she would mail out the inv- invitations. No one got them. So obviously Shanann 
blamed her. She's Jamie said she sent them. Who knows what the truth is? But they were they had something. They did not like each other. Bad hmm. blood. Now, to her credit, Shanann did still try to involve her in-laws in the kids' lives. When she was in North Carolina, she brought Bella and Cece to visit their paternal grandparents. But drama soon ensued when Cindy, the grandmother, allegedly either gave Cece ice cream that she was allergic to or she was eating the ice cream next to her, some ice cream incident. And Shanann said she was trying to kill the kids, which is obviously a very dramatic statement. Cindy then kicked her out. Also a dramatic statement. Yep. Um, and it, but it sounds like based on all this, no matter what, any little thing would have blown up. Wow. So I mentioned that Shanann had gone to North Carolina without Chris since her job allowed more flexibility. And this was partially true, but the couple had just decided based on all of this that they needed some space from one another given all their troubles. They had an additional complication. Oh. On May 28th, Shanann surprised Chris with the news that she was pregnant with their third child, meaning she was nearly four months pregnant when she died. Oh. Do you know what you're having at that point in time? Yes. Was it a boy? Yes. Uh-oh. It's what he was waiting for. Mm-hmm. I'm so sad. So when Chris arrived in North Carolina, he was not himself. This is not surprising whatsoever to me because he has just had five weeks to live the life of a bachelor and do whatever he wanted. And now he's smack dab back in his old life. So the tangible example of this was Shanann's pregnancy. He did not want Shanann to have the baby. Chris says the first night he was in North Carolina, Shanann had a headache and he gave her 80 milligrams of oxycodone when she thought she was taking Tylenol. According to drugs.com, because I had to research is that a lot. I do, it sounds like a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't know. A single dose greater than 40 milligrams or a total daily dose greater than 80 milligrams, which is what Shanann had, are only for use in patients where they already have a tolerance for this type of opioid. Mm-hmm. It is also most definitely not recommended when you're pregnant. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my thought. And she was up most vomiting most of the night. She was fine. She did not lose the baby, but Chris didn't help her at all because that was his intention. Oh my God. What a dick. Oh, so he yeah. was trying to make her like miscarry. Correct. Because he had oh, read that ass. that is what it could cause. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fuck him extra because <laughs> yes. he wants a son, but not with her, with right. the new girlfriend. Correct. Now they, at there at, in North Carolina, they did not know yet that it was a boy. They didn't have the ultrasound until they got home, but. Okay. He's still. Yeah, but still, still monster status yes, trying to kill absolutely. the unborn fetus there. Yeah, yeah. And also, unsurprisingly, Chris made absolutely no attempt to reconcile with Shanann while he was there. He was just increasingly upset that he was away from Nikki. So, of course, this whole time he's calling and texting sure. her and all that. He also told his mother while he was there that he was planning to separate from Shanann. And she said she hoped he wasn't seeing anyone else. <laughs> and he told her he wasn't. Now, Shanann, as any of us would, felt this disconnect, obviously. Mm-hmm. She even texted her friends saying he wasn't being affectionate at all. And it made her suspicious because they you know, used to have a lot of sex and he didn't want it at all. And she was like, well, I think he's getting it on the side. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did Shanann want the baby? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. She was, she was extremely excited. And um, honestly, things did not improve when they got back to Colorado because once they got back, they went to that ultrasound yep. to find out. Um, the gender because it was right around the right time they find out it's going to be a boy she is overjoyed knowing that they've always wanted a boy so much so that they had already picked a name um nico chris is not happy at all and he was so outwardly upset that they were going to have a a gender reveal party and shenan canceled it because 
Chris was so, wow, so upset. Wow. Chris at this point had decided the marriage was over in his mind. Um, he also at that point deleted his Facebook because he was afraid Nikki would see that Shanann was pregnant. And it was at this time that he says he began plotting how he would kill Shanann and the girls so he could have his new life. Oh, my God. It's called but, divorce, bro. Uh-huh. Like, everybody would rather keep their life if you were like, listen, I'm plotting yeah. your murder. Yep. But if you want to just avoid that, if we could just have, like, a clean break and we could pretend like I never existed, we'll move on with our life. I feel like a uh, like level-headed person yeah. would agree to that. Even that- a not level-headed person <laughs> would agree to that. They'd be like, uh, I'm going to take life. Thank yeah. you for giving me the option. It's been nice doing business with you. <laughs> exactly and i i was reflecting on why 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 was this the answer yeah. and i think it was i don't know how many friends he had or people he talked to when he was there in in colorado because i think most of his life was in north carolina his parents were there his sister was there i'm sure he made some friends but it, there's like no mention of oh this close friend blah sure. blah blah so I just think he was able to escalate so far so fast in his head and he just like all he could picture was Nikki and this other life and there was no one all he had was Nikki saying you know this is well she obviously was not saying kill your wife but like she he saw this opportunity with her and the only thing in the way was Shanann and the girls and I'm not by any means giving him any credit for this it's just I feel like he had no one that if you had talked to literally right. anyone about this, they would have been like, you're crazy. Just get a divorce. So I don't know. Why did the girls have to die though? Like your wife is one thing, maybe divorce is frowned upon, yeah. but like the girls, they I know the awful thing was Shanann was still trying to save their marriage and <sighs> unknowingly her life when she was leaving for Arizona. So they got back and it was like the, I think the next week that she was leaving that Friday for Arizona, she left him a letter saying how much she loved him and saying how she would always try and that like lengthy letter saying all this um because she despite her suspicions she didn't know for sure that chris was having an affair yet the weekend shanann was away in arizona chris took nikki out to a bar called the lazy dog and he had to get a babysitter which he had never done before usually if shanann was away he stayed home with the kids that was already weird and then when he'd taken Nikki out previously, he had used gift cards that he got from work. So that's why she wouldn't see anything mm. on the statements or anything. Sneaky, sneaky. This time he just used his card. And he was further careless because he said he was going to a Rockies game. I'm not sure if he told Shanann that directly or it kind of indirectly. But either way, she kind of knew when he was at this restaurant spending the money he also spent more than she would have expected when she checked the statement. So she confronted him about that. And basically it was just entirely suspicious. And I think they went back and forth in, in text on that. She was mm. also probably like, and the restaurant is nowhere near the Rocky stadium. I, I don't yeah, know if it probably. is or isn't, Actually, but that's an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, ah, oh, you're yeah. an hour away from where they're <laughs> How was dinner? <laughs> and I think, I mean, honestly, I think in the past he had kind of covered his tracks, at least from what she could see yep. remotely. And at this point, um, to me, he, was certain in his plan he and got sloppy exactly yep hmm. he knew that he was going to murder his family the next morning that's so fucked oh. up god oh wait he took his girlfriend out on a date and then the next morning he killed his family that just ugh. Mm. oh sorry it's actually one more morning after that oh, okay yep. i should give him a little that's bit more better. credit then. Yeah, that's, that's better, better. Yeah, yeah that's better true yeah he had a day in between well you know the day before he murdered them he did bring the girls to a birthday party oh so, that was nice of him know. to do yeah well, so 
we're kind of making light of this, but I am going to give you a trigger warning. Again, this is not of a sexual nature, but I am going to be more descriptive. And it is, like I said, it is heartbreaking. So this is just the warning. Marina, it, I mean, it's hard. So I'm going to tell you now what really happened the morning of August 14th. And this is from Chris's like confession. He didn't confess at this time, but this is, we know that this is what happened according to him. Okay. And if you cry, I'm going to cry. So I'm going to try. I'm, I probably won't because I've written this and read this a bunch of times, but it's, I might. Okay. Chris says when he woke up in the morning, he went first into the girl's room to smother them. And then he went back into the bedroom and woke up Shanann and said he wanted to end it. I'll note a couple of things here. The first thing that I thought of was why would Shanann not have woken up when he went into the girl's room? He at one point says he had given Shanann another oxycodone. I don't know when. It's not confirmed. My suspicion is she came home at two in the morning, probably felt like shit because that's what happens when you've been traveling. You have a delayed flight. You get home late. He might have given her another Tylenol, quote unquote. And that would be the only explanation to me why she wouldn't have heard anything and why he kind of woke her up and then strangled her. I also don't believe him that he woke her up because I don't see any point in why he would have woken her up and talked to her and then killed her. Um, Either way, after that, it was not, it doesn't appear that Shanann fought back. So again, I don't believe that she was awake or coherent because she was a fighter. So I don't believe that, that she was able to. While she is laying on the bed, now deceased, Bella comes in. That's the four-year-old. Chris is shocked because he thought he had killed yeah. them. And apparently he didn't. So he just tells them to hang on, and he then proceeds to load Shanann. That's why he backed his truck up to the garage, which you probably saw coming. Loads her into not the bed of the truck, but the back of the truck, and then brings both girls, who actually both were alive, brings them both down to get in the car. Bella says that she couldn't get in the car because there's no car seats, and he says, it's fine, get in the car, and he puts the girls in the back seat with their dead mother. This is hard to say. (laughs) Um, So he then drives to his work site. He says he doesn't know why that's where he went. It's just he was kind of on autopilot. But he says he remembers that he was angry that they were alive because they weren't supposed to be. Um, So they drive. This is an hour long drive. Drive there. Um, And when they arrive, he first killed Cece by putting a blanket over her head and smothering her. Her blankie? Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck. And then Bella asks what happened to Cece because she watched that happen. And he begins to do the same thing to her. And she screams, Daddy, no, as he did the same to her. She was a fighter, just like her mother. Her autopsy showed injuries that indicated she had struggled immensely. So the girls have now also passed away. He then buries Shanann in the fitted sheet in this shallow grave. And then he puts the girls in the oil tanks to make sure that they don't wake up again. He couldn't have just fucking taken it as a sign that he wasn't supposed to kill his kids. What an asshole. He puts each girl in a different tank. And these are these are giant tanks. I don't know how big. But the entry point to them is a hatch at the top that is only eight and a half inches wide. Which the girls, I mean, they were tiny. But they were. it was still difficult to get them through. So um, the, the detectives found hair and bruises oh. and 
indications that it was very difficult to get the bodies through. And they were four and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will also say that the poor officers or, or whomever had to recover the bodies, many of them are on leave from PTSD because it was yeah. the they had to drain the whole oil tanks and then you actually had to access it from the back and crude oil is not a pleasant thing for the body to be in. So it was very, very graphic. Um, Chris was not concerned. He felt no remorse, just relief that he could be with Nikki. He also thought about whether or not he put the dog in the crate when he left. What the fuck, man? Um, After he was done, he then called the girl's school and said that they would be unenrolling. And then contacted a realtor to sell the house and texted back and forth with Nikki. Did he really really think he was going to get away with this? Like, bro, you buried them at your place of work. I honestly don't know what the plan was with that. Um, And we'll talk a little bit when we come back. I'm going to talk about the the sentencing and and what happened um, because it it was very obvious to police what had happened. Um, But we'll talk about that in a in a second. So the police, the confession and and the details I just read, Chris didn't give this confession at this point, but the police had pieced just about everything together. So he was arrested on August 15th. So that was just a couple days after this happened. Um, Now, in the state of Colorado, they have a law that automatically gives a life sentence for anyone who takes someone else's life. And the DA says he would have gone for a death sentence, but Shanann's family pleaded against it. And I'll read you the quotes because it's I think it's extremely powerful. So Shanann's brother, Frankie, said, we begged the district attorney to spare your life because we believe no one has the right to take the life of another, even someone like you. Shanann's mother said, quote, I didn't want death for you because that's not my right. Your life is between you and God. I thought those were very powerful. They're much bigger people than me. I would have been like, yeah, you're going to burn, motherfucker. I was just thinking that when people are just like the bigger the bigger person like that and they I, just i'm not i never will give, be no give grace yep so on november 6th 2018 chris entered a plea of guilty to all nine counts the counts were murder in the first degree quote after deliberation which i had to look up it means premeditated okay basically <laughs> which i didn't realize um and that was for shanann bella and cc unlawful termination of a pregnancy for nico and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. But his plea of guilty meant he avoided a trial. So there was no trial. His sentencing was scheduled for November 19th, 2018. After hearing both sides, Judge Marcelo Kopkow made his ruling. And I'll quote this because I think it's also powerful. This is perhaps the most inhumane and vicious crime that I have handled in the thousands of cases I have seen. And anything less than the maximum sentence would depreciate the seriousness of this offense. Deputies, I would respectfully ask that you take this defendant into custody and have him serve the rest of his life in the Department of Corrections. So Chris was handed down five life sentences, three consecutive and two concurrent, without the possibility of parole. He received an additional 48 years for the unlawful termination of Shanann's pregnancy and 36 years for the three charges of tampering with a deceased body. And his sentence began immediately. So he will never see the light of day again. No. Um, although, interestingly, he was moved from, so he was in prison in Colorado, but he was moved due to, quote, safety concerns. And he's now at the Dodge Correctional Institution in Wisconsin, which I believe is where two of our uh, deadbeats from oh. the last case are. Uh, so maybe he's hanging out with them. Although that was in the 70s. So I don't really know. 
Also, I'm not sure there might be a Dodge Correctional Facility in Iowa as well. well. Might be a popular name for prison. That makes sense. Can't dodge them. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I needed some levity there. Um, So he he is on lockdown for 23 23 hours a day, only living for showers and brief exercise. He also corresponded with a woman named Sherilyn Cadle, who wrote a book, Letters from Christopher. And that's actually where I got some of this information. So she corresponded directly back and forth with him and and put a lot of that into the book. And I'll note that he did not make any money from that book. And Mm -hmm. he can't, in fact, make any money on either selling his story or doing a book. It's a part of his sentencing. Good. He expresses regret in blaming Shanann. So we talked a little bit about that earlier. And he says he hears Bella's daddy know every oh, day shanann bella and cc as well as nico were buried actually under shanann's maiden name in north carolina which i felt was appropriate very fitting mm-hmm. so what was nikki thinking during this whole thing unfolding like did she stay with chris i don't remember how their relationship played out i don't think there was even time because she so she was texting with him you know the day of but she this was when they were missing and i think she only kind of had um, initially, I believe, only had kind of basic information and thought Shanann just had left. Because, right. again, she's getting like secondhand uh, in whatever Chris says. Um, but then it's literally only like a day later he's in police custody. So um, I think there really wasn't much time for her to um, do anything. But there's no I, I mean, people will have rumors about everything. I have absolutely no belief that she has anything to do with this. I think that she thought he was single and then. It spent five weeks building a relationship. And then when she found out he wasn't really single, I think she had hope that maybe he would leave his wife. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a very classic story, but I think she had probably absolutely no idea. I mean, he had no other trouble with, you know, police or or anything. Um, No indication, no violence. So I don't, she would never think that. There is a category of people like this, though. They are called family annihilators. Mm. I did a little research on what that means, and and Chris fits the bill perfectly. They tend to be white men in their 30s. Check. He was, I think, 33 at the time of this. And they commit murders in August because the kids aren't in school and on a Sunday. And I would argue it's like basically a Sunday. I mean, it's early Monday morning. But um, And it's never spontaneous. It's usually planned. And it was, but that left me wondering, like, he was so sloppy so your question earlier colby like what did he think was going to happen so i think that it was thanks to nicole atkinson so she was the friend who dropped off shanann and then texted her i think that chris had no idea that someone would discover it so quickly i think he thought he could do all this and that he would have time to stage things time to deal with things and i think he did not realize that nicole or others would be Mm -hmm. would pick it up you know so quickly didn't account for those bffs that were yeah, missing exactly. their meme exchanges exactly he basically she ruined his plans i'm mm-hmm. sure he was thinking like we'll draw it out we'll say exactly. she left me she took the yep. kids but then with nicole being everywhere yep. calling the police the police are in the house it's sort of unavoidable at this point now i still think he's an idiot because oh yeah I, all of the camera for example the neighbor's camera no one else came no one else left yeah like you would have seen all that so i i still think it ultimately would have been discovered but it could have been longer it would have been a lot more painful so i think nicole is a hero um and i will actually just mention she was so i looked her up just to see what she's doing these days um she is happily married and all that but she was diagnosed with breast cancer in late 2019 went through chemo and other treatments but in april 2021 she was able to beat it so Yay. i just wanted to give that shout out because i think she is a hero for just like 
going with your gut and you know we said in the beginning of this it you're kind of going to be like oh am i overreacting or not right. and like good for her for what is not overreacting but for going with that and pursuing it and um so i just wanted to mention that part Wow. So that's that is the horrific retelling. Um, it's more than grave. It's it was a rough one, and I, I yeah, it was just a, it was hard to research. It was hard to write, and it was hard to tell. It's very heartbreaking. I'm super depressed now. I yeah. only cried a little bit. I know you did a good job. Um, I was trying not to think of my daughter who no. was three years old. I know that's why I knew this was going to be an extremely difficult. I mean, it's difficult in general, but the specifics are bad because I just like I even even now with kids like i still don't understand kids ages like if someone told me about a five-year-old i still can't picture it because i don't have a five-year-old like i just you only know what you know so i know my Mm three-year-old and i know the questions that she asks about like the like littlest things like i said oh look there's a rainbow outside and she's like i want to go to the end and i was like oh there's a pot of gold at the end and she said why (laughs) I said, because there's leprechaun. She said, why? <laughs> oh, no. And they're just so, like, trusting. And they yep. just want to be with you. And yes. they, they just want you to protect them. So for him to do that to his children, for her to say, Daddy, no, because she oh, doesn't God. understand what's going on, that's God. And I, I will say, again, definitely recommend the documentary. And I think it's so much worse seeing the kids yes watching the video now shanann's facebook as i mentioned has a ton of videos like she documented literally i mean multiple times a day and they are videos of the kids there's it's just you don't usually get that picture that you kind of go through those and just feel like you knew the kids and it's just it it makes it a million times worse it was already tragic but it it was very hard to know that see that and know what happens i guess i'm glad then that i didn't see the documentary or anything before you told it to me because i because you can picture them like their sweet little faces and they are they're so cute i'm sure they are um so that was that was the literal grave retelling of the watts family murders um you did a great job but i'm so sad and i'm gonna go drink now yes so before you do that i will say we always end our episode with our social media plugs and i will do that I also want to ask if each of you gremlins could please share our posts. So either Facebook or Instagram, anytime we post about a new episode or anything like that, anytime you guys share that, we get a ton of new listeners and that makes us happier than anything. And we really need some happiness right now. It's a really hard case, (laughs) but really like the best way we want more people to listen. We want more case suggestions. We want more comments and all that. And the best way to do that is for each of you to extend to your network. Yeah. So it makes us, a huge it difference. Us going. If you want to keep us going, just exactly. share us, give us, please give it us makes, some love guys. And I want to call that out just because I literally never do that for anything. So Same. I know that it's not a regular muscle to do that. So I'm just really, really asking you guys to do that. It means a lot and it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you can follow us on Instagram at Grim Crime Podcast. And on Facebook, you can just search Grim colon a true crime podcast. You can also get to it from our link tree, which is in our Instagram bio. In both of those places, we post case photos and other super interesting stuff. So check it out. And if you like us, if you really, really like us, please rate and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. And as I said, if you want to send us a case suggestion or just say hi, you can email us at grimcrimepodcast at gmail.com. 
Listen, learn, and stay alive until next time, gremlins, because the future is grim. Grim.